The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Jesus said to the twelve, Fear no one. Nothing is concealed that will not be revealed, nor secret that will not be known. What I say to you in the darkness, speak in the light. What you hear whispered, proclaim on the housetops. And do not be afraid of those who can kill the body, but cannot kill the soul. But rather be afraid of the one who can destroy both soul and body in Gehenna. Are not two sparrows sold for a small coin? Yet not one of them falls to the ground without your father's knowledge. For even all the hairs of your head are counted. So do not be afraid. You are worth more than many sparrows. Everyone who acknowledges me before others, I will acknowledge before my heavenly Father. But whoever denies me before others, I will deny before my heavenly Father. The Gospel of the Lord. Before we get into these readings, just a brief announcement. And ask for your prayers for our youth group. They left yesterday after Mass, and they're on their way to Billings, Montana. They crammed themselves into three vans, and they're heading up there for their yearly mission trip. So you can imagine driving all the way to Montana with a bunch of teenagers. So pray for the adults, chaperones, and our youth minister as they head over there. And it's a long, as you know, that's a long, boring drive all the way to Montana. I'll be joining them tomorrow. I'm flying, actually, not driving. <laughs> First class, of course. Of course, I couldn't drive with them because I had to be here for the weekend masses. But pray for them. I'll be meeting up with them. They should be arriving in Montana later this evening. And so every year we try to do a, a mission trip for the youth group. In years past, we've gone to Florida. We're looking to next year, probably looking to go into Puerto Rico to do mission trips there. So let's kind of plug that in, especially for you young people in here to join the youth group as we try to build up the fellowship and to build up our teens to grow in their faith. So pray for our youth group. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Can you imagine a scenario where you will stop practicing your faith? It's a hard question, isn't it? Can you imagine a scenario where you, know, you, just, you just give up, you just say, you know what, this is, this is not for me, I'm just going to stop coming to church, stop coming to Mass, just stop following the Lord. Can you imagine a scenario like that? I think for most of us, we hope that we'd always be faithful to the Lord to our very end. 
and go all the way to Calvary, follow the Lord. In our minds, we're like, oh yeah, absolutely, that's, that's great, it's amazing. But it's hard. To stay faithful, we need people like Jeremiah. The reading today from the first reading from the prophet Jeremiah, he was active in the 6th century B.C. Jeremiah was sent by God to preach to the Israelite people at a very particular time period where the Israelites, the Jewish people, had strayed from the third commandment. The third commandment is to keep the Sabbath holy. So for for our Jewish brothers and sisters, even to this very day, those who practice Judaism, the Sabbath for them is Saturday. And that day you do nothing. It's a day of rest that God had created for us. A day of rest and prayer is what the Sabbath is meant to be for us, to restore us. And then six days of the week, yeah, absolutely, work hard, play, do all, all the other business that we have to do. But on the Sabbath day is a day that's radically different than any other day. They had strayed from that. And so Jeremiah was sent to the Israelite people to stand at the Benjamin Gate in Jerusalem. So like many ancient cities of those time period, it's a walled city. And in walled cities, there's only certain gates to enter in. The Benjamin Gate, where Jeremiah was preaching, was the main thoroughfare through that city. It's like the main highway. So everybody used that gate, even the king himself. So here's Jeremiah. He's sent by God. Jeremiah, I want you to go to Benjamin Gate. I want you to stand there, and I want you to preach. Call the Israelite people back to observe the Sabbath day. So here he is, Jeremiah, he's preaching. Stop working on the Sabbath unnecessarily. Rest on the Sabbath day. Spend time with your families. Rebuild the relationships. And most importantly, pray. How do you think they received this message of Jeremiah? (laughs) They said, oh, okay, Jeremiah, you got it. We're sorry. You're right. The first reading actually reveals what happened. I hear the whisperings of many. Terror on every side. Denounce, denounce him. Those who were my friends are on watch for every misstep of mine. Let's take vengeance upon him. Let's destroy him. So here, Jeremiah now, the whole culture had shifted away from God. And here he is by himself standing there. Would we be like Jeremiah? Because I dare say, we're in very much a similar cultural period as it was in the 6th century B.C. Because what is the Sabbath day for us Christians? Sunday. 
as a culture, this is, this is hard because we've grown up in this culture, is Sunday, just as, as a white culture in the United States, is Sunday different than any other day of the week for most people? No. It's just like any other day. Because what happens on Sunday for the vast majority of people? They work, they do, business, they do other business, they go off and about. Are they here on Sunday honoring the Sabbath and worshiping the Lord and resting? No. Sunday becomes a day of, of sports. I mean, how many people sacrificed even coming to Mass to play sports? That's become almost the religion now of our country. Again, as, as a spell of sports fanatic, I mean, I know this. <laughs> so I'm not looking upon you and judging you. Cause I, I love it too. But that temptation is Sunday now marked as holy for the vast majority of Americans. No. Yet Jeremiah stands alone. And oh, how we need more people like Jeremiah. And they are living among us. Just the other day, I heard from an old friend. I've known this young couple even before I was a priest. They were just starting out. And I've been in some contact with them over the years. A few months ago, his wife, Karen, was pregnant with her seventh child. They have beautiful six girls, and then the, the seventh one was a boy, praise God. For him, he's not, he's not alone in the house. One day, she started feeling fatigued. She thought it was just, oh, just a, it's a rough pregnancy. Because as you know, what happens to the woman, woman's body when she's pregnant, it's absolutely beautiful what you women do what your bodies undergo to, to bear us. And they thought she was just feeling fatigued, but she kept getting worse and worse. And finally the doctor said, we have to induce pregnancy, otherwise we, have, we can't figure out what's happening. And so, indeed, at six months, they gave birth to their premature baby, and then they're able to run tests, and it turns out the reason why she was fatigued is that she has stage four breast cancer. It had spread and metastasized to her lymph nodes, going into her liver, her bones, and her brain. Doctors, at the best, give her two to five years. Here they were. They were on a, a beautiful trajectory. They were homeschooling their kids, raising seven, trying to raise them as a faithful Christian family. He was starting a business. He's self-employed. And then this. The medical bills are mounting for his wife and then for their premature child. And you know what they're both doing now? They're being like Jeremiah. They're standing there in the midst of this onslaught. Imagine this onslaught of sufferings hitting them, overwhelming their family. And they're standing there, and their faith in Jesus Christ is unmoved unmoved. You can easily relate to them if they started saying, God, where are you? God, why have you abandoned us? God, why this? Why that? And rightly so, any of us would say, absolutely, that's a great question. But they're saying, we have trust in Jesus Christ, and we're praying for a miracle. And whatever Jesus Christ gives us, we will receive it. They are like 
what Jesus speaks about here in the gospel. Jesus himself says beautifully, he says, don't you know that your father knows how many hairs are counted on your head? So do not be afraid. See, this is what this family is doing. This is what Jeremiah is doing. When the suffering hits or when an entire culture now shifts against God, the Christian, firmly rooted in Jesus, stands at the Benjamin Gate. And so that is why I asked the question, can you imagine a scenario where we would stop practicing the faith? Because our Lord wants us to be faithful. He said, do not be afraid of anyone. Don't fear anybody who can't, you can't even, they, they don't even, can't even kill the soul even though they may kill the body. Again, what's he speaking about here? He's speaking about the Christian that is persecuted for proclaiming Jesus Christ. Our great witness to the world if we are like Jeremiah. Because our whole culture is shifting away from the Lord. Morally. But as Christians, will we simply go with the culture? What we offer as followers of Jesus is to stand and be faithful to him, even if we stand alone. Because look at this last line here. It says, everyone who acknowledges me before others, meaning the Christian who was boldly proclaiming the truth of Jesus Christ and his church, and accepting all of the hard teachings of Christianity, even if it goes against our culture. And it says, I will acknowledge that person before my father because he acknowledges me by his life. And then this last line here, and oh, it's, it's rough. But it says, whoever denies me before others, meaning those who compromise the faith, I will deny before my Heavenly Father. Do you see why it's hard to be a Christian fully alive? Because we're called to be like Jeremiah and stand at the gate. And we're called to be like this family who stand there and say, All right, Lord, I want to follow you to the very end but I trust you.